You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Hispanic Chamber Connection. This is a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. This show is broadcast from Lone Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe and can be heard at 104.5 and 106.1 FM or on the Internet at IRLoneStar.com, or you can watch us as a Facebook Live on the Hispanic Chamber's Facebook page. This program is sponsored by the Amel Agency, an executive partner in the Chamber, and a full-service residential and commercial insurance agency. My name is Tom Brody, and I am Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. Our guest today is Rudy Martinez. He is the owner of Controllership Pro Tem. Uh, Rudy, thank you for being with us today, and happy birthday, by the way. So how are you today? Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm doing well. It's a good uh, way to spend my birthday, so I appreciate you having me here. No problem. So real quick, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Is it on text, phone, email? What's the best way? Well, email is a good start, but my phone number for those who have an immediate question is 832-794-9633. Okay. And, and my email is real easy to remember. It's rudy at cprotem.com. Okay, very good. We'll be talking with Rudy in more detail in a few minutes, but first I want to just really describe the, the purpose of this radio program. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is one of the many benefits of membership in our chamber. So if you're a member and haven't appeared on this radio program, please send me an email to tom at tombrody.biz and we'll get you on the calendar. We also have a radio show in Spanish on Thursdays at 10 o'clock, and that's on AM station 920. As our president, Dr. Sanchez, always says, the Hispanic Chamber has four goals in mind for its members. Number one, visibility. Number two, business connections. Number three, targeted education. And number four, member advocacy. And I can think of no better way to fulfill all of those four goals than to have you and your business featured on one of our radio programs. We also have an email newsletter that goes out informing our members and guests about upcoming meetings and events. If you'd like to be added to the newsletter, or if you're a member and aren't currently receiving the newsletter, please send me an email at tom at tombrody.biz. And if you have any questions that you'd like to ask Rudy today, please text them to me. And my number is 713-906-3710, and we'll ask those questions of Rudy on the air. So with all that being said, Rudy, why don't you tell us a little bit about Controllership Pro Tem. Please tell us what the Pro Tem means. Um, and then secondly, what your company does. Okay, well, Pro Tem is from the Latin uh, meaning temporary. Okay. So in the work that I do, it's working with people on an as-needed basis. Uh, in the event that the controller, CFO, or controllership department is lacking for staff or for other issues, the idea is that I come in and on a temporary basis, I'm able to help them through whatever issues may be. And the focus for my business has to do with staff augmentation, uh, business process analysis, and accounting systems. Not necessarily in that order of importance. It depends on the, the client, of course. Okay. All right. So how long has your company been in business? So I started out in 2015. Okay. So it's going on about four and a half years. Uh, five years. By the end of this year, it'll be five years that I've been in business for okay. myself. Okay, very good. So um, what did you do before starting your own company? Well, I've had a lot of different jobs in my background. Most recent before starting this, I was a project controller for a private equity company. And okay. so for this company, I manage projects and their accounting system and their accounting reporting. Um, I've also been in public accounting and I've worked in the nonprofit sector as a controller, so it's kind of a wide mix of things that I've been involved in over my career. Okay, I mean, all kind of revolving around the, the accounting world and business processes and those type things, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what did you see in the marketplace that kind of forced, or not forced you, but indicated that you should go out and, and do this on your own? Well, I have a combination of skills that I've built on my own. Really, I didn't follow... If, if I was talking to a career counselor, they would have not told me to do this. Okay. It just kind of happened because I have background in tax, uh, accounting, audit, and working in private industry. Right. But every company that I've been associated with, there always seems to be a lack of a person that has the hands-on experience of knowing how accounting is supposed to work, uh, the technology that supports that reporting process, right. and then the use of other applications to feed that process. 
And I, I've seen in other places that there just doesn't seem for that to be in this company. And I felt that that was a niche that I could fill because that's the thing that I most enjoy is kind of getting in there like a detective trying to find out, okay, I know that there's a problem here, but what's the problem? And, you know, a lot of times the client might tell us what the problem is, but it's my job to kind of figure out, okay, does his problem accurately state the issue or is there something else going on? Something else causing that problem. Exactly. Yeah. So I felt that that was an area that I could focus on. Uh, it's outside of the traditional CPA type of service, such mm -hmm. as audit and tax, but I, I wanted to move towards this area because this is where I felt like I had the most to offer. Okay, very good. So um, what is your service area? I mean, are you Houston area? Are you available nationwide or? Houston area primarily. Okay. So I've done a lot of my work in spring and in the Woodlands area, okay. but I've also done work in Houston, in and around Houston. So uh, obviously with the traffic being what it is, I prefer, <laughs> uh, usually don't go down south or west of uh, Houston, but right. uh, I've had the occasion to do it. Okay, well, very good. So is this something that you have an actual office or do you work out of your house or how does that work? Yeah, so I, I live in Spring and I office out of my home okay. because a lot of the work that I do is in the client's office or if it's not in the client, if it's an engagement that I picked up through some sort of uh, contract with someone, sometimes it's, it's done remotely. So okay. it yeah. involves part, part of the time being at the client's office and then if they prefer I work from home, but in the projects, a lot of the projects I work on, I'm, I'm usually working in the client's office. Right, and that makes sense. I mean, you know, it doesn't make sense to have an office if you're never there. Exactly. Right, and I, I think with tech, a lot of people I've interviewed on the, on the show that really work out of their home because um, the technology allows it. You know, you don't have to be on someone else's broadband or something. You've got the same kind of internet access in, in your house or, or somewhere other than having a, a standalone office. Right. So on your website, and, and you just mentioned it also, that your three primary services were staff augmentation, accounting systems, and process analysis. Which of those, which of those three categories um, is in the highest demand by your clients? Well, I would say it's in the accounting systems. A lot of times that's the driver. Okay. One reason is because one of the companies that I, I worked with and contracted for was an ERP system implementation company. So okay. Their focus was on Sage products, but I've had experience with other software. But that got me in the door to help out with the implementation, either as a project manager or the team of developers that are putting together the software and getting the, the different uh, parts of it to integrate. Okay. Uh, what comes from that, though, is usually staff augmentation where, well, since this team now is going through some training, we don't have time to do some of the things we normally do. Right. And guess what? With this new software, we've got a new thing that we don't. nobody knows how to do anyway. Yeah. So sometimes it's a mix of the staff augmentation to get them going on the accounting system. Right. And then where a process needs to be built because before it was, well, uh, Mary used to do this. We don't know what she did, but Mary used to do it. <laughs> so sometimes that turns into, well, let's let's put something together that works for you. Right. And that is integrated with the system that you're implementing. Okay. And you mentioned early on, I just want to make sure everybody understands, uh, ERP system. Can you explain what that is? Yes. So it's uh, basically the accounting software and okay. uh, the enterprise uh, resource planning. Uh, so it's integrating the different aspects of a company. So if they're in manufacturing, you've got inventory to worry about. Mm -hmm. You've got receivables and payables. So some off-the-shelf or off-site, off-the-website type of software like QuickBooks, uh, so some of the smaller ones, it's all together. You don't really see that. But for larger companies, they have the need to have all of those pieces working independently because some right. of it has to be for the people who are in the field, the salespeople or service technicians. So uh, it can get very complicated, but it can also be very simple depending on the, the nature of the business. Right. I know I'm, in a previous life I worked for Shell Oil, and um, their big push was integrating SAP. Yes. Um, and it, it's a whole accounting system that was created for, manu for manufacturers, and they were trying to integrate it into an oil company. There was some struggle with that. I mean, and I saw that come in, and I said, I don't want any part of this. And, and so I got yes. out of that group. Yeah, because it, it, it can be all-encompassing. Well, SAP is kind of at the top of the pyramid when it comes to complexity goes. Yeah, now, oh, absolutely. It's got a lot of power, and it delivers a lot to everyone in the that the company. Right. Uh, but it takes a, a lot to maintain it and also have each of the people who are working with it trained and knowing how it integrates with others so that, you know, it's real easy to uh, 
mess up somebody else's job because you've done something incorrectly. Right, and and Shell had the had the history of we're going to take something off the shelf and we're going to customize it, and you don't do that with SAP. And so no. that was that was the big struggle for internally is that we tried to keep telling people we're not changing it. <laughs> yes, we have to work within it. So if we have to change business processes. We do that, um, and so that's what, that's a big struggle. And I think that's where you would come in to be able to know, right, what, what the best platform or the best product would be for a company based on your analysis of, of what they need. And that's an area that I've helped with. So okay. sometimes people will be, uh, get some direct marketing that tells them, oh, I need this software. Right. And it usually should be the other way around. What do you need? What do you do? Exactly. Uh, what kind of success or failures have you had with the things that you're doing now mm-hmm. before you go buy the software? I've seen major fails occur when a company was sold something and didn't even know how they were going to apply it. That they either were undersold, or, uh, as far as you know, you're not getting enough for what you do, or they have so many bells and whistles that they don't ever use them. So, uh, it's important to go into that process knowing what it is that you're trying to accomplish, yeah. and what your your real needs are. Absolutely. So, I guess that kind of brings me to the next questions. When you're when you're working with, say, a, a company's accounting systems, and we'll kind of use that as, as a, a quotation, the systems. What do you find most often that they really they really need a new accounting system, or, or like you said, they're just not using the one they have effectively? I'd say the second. They're okay. not using it effectively. So the questions are, how much of what you have are you using? So if it's a, a sophisticated package that has receivables and inventory and fixed assets and all of the other functions, are you using all of that? Right. Or are you still doing your age to count receivable in an Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> or are you still tracking your inventory uh, on a spreadsheet with some guy who's in the back ticking off stuff as it comes off the shelf? Right. So, you know, surprising, you'd find a lot of companies that they don't use everything to its fullest capacity. So it's asking the questions off the, the top is, uh, how much of the system you have are you using? Right. Uh, another question that I sometimes ask is, when was the last time you did a product update? And if they indicate, well, we're current because we download as the emails come through. But if they ask the question, well, how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, then that's a, uh, an indication that, okay, well, let's take a look and see if uh, everything that you're using is the latest version. Uh, because bugs get kicked in and uh, there's other issues that get um, modified over time. And if you don't stay current with, with that, you're uh, apt to, to lose some of the functionality. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So... When, when you're talking about, and you talked about a little bit, is talk about fixing a, a company's accounting system. Um, we said it's really because they're not using the, the systems correctly, but is, is it sometimes because they actually, they actually don't know their processes enough to be able to use, this, be use the software? I believe that's the case. Plus, you've got people who may have been in, in a company and are kind of married to a system and a process. Right. Uh, it's hard to, to turn that off. It's hard to get them to let go of that. I mean, it's a really a deep emotional connection people have That's sometimes. Right. This is the way I do my job. Yeah. I've done it this way. It's always been done this way. The guy who did it before me told me this is the way it's done. Right. And that sometimes gets people with tunnel vision not being able to see what the potential for gain is by, by changing some of that. Right. Okay. Very good. Um, so... One of the things that we've been, been talking about a little bit um, with Rudy Martinez, owner of Controllership Pro Tem, is accounting systems and, and companies. So when we come back, Rudy's going to describe how to tell if your company needs help with its accounting systems. Stay with us. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs 
which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the Amel Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, The Woodlands, Texas. The Amel Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the Amel Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the Amel Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com slash hcc. The ML Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832-525-5656 or online www.mlagency.com. The ML Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. Welcome back. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody, and I'm Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask, like me to ask our guest, Rudy Martinez, please text them to me at 713-906-3710. Again, we have a newsletter, and if you're not receiving it, please email me at tom at tombrody.biz, and we will get you on the distribution list. So when we broke... um, we asked Rudy to go ahead and, and be able to describe for us, you know, how a company can tell. I mean, what are the ways a company can tell if they need assistance with their accounting systems, be it software or processes? So, Rudy, why don't you tell us that? Well, there are a lot of ways a company can look at what they do. One of the questions, and I touched on it earlier, is how long have you been following this process? Is this right. something that you guys developed yourself? Is it something that you bought off the shelf? Have you had somebody come in and build this for you? So it's finding out what they do and then asking, how well have you maintained this since you implemented it? Uh, and then talk to the people who actually have to follow that process to see if they have any input on, you know, is there any trouble with going through this process? What is your biggest uh, thing that you have to overcome each month right. when you have to, to go through this stage? And uh, it's a lot of questions and answers with talking to the people in the accounting department and in leadership. Um, and finding out along the way as they answer these questions, how many of these are, are tied to the, the software, how many of it is tied to personnel. Um, some touch both areas, but it's trying to just put your finger on where are the, the areas that could cause problems in doing their, their regular uh, month-to-month work. And the month-end close is a, is a big thing, not just month-end, but quarter-end if you're publicly held and right. all kinds of other reporting cycles that are out there. Uh, but it's looking at that. Okay, so if your goal at the end of the month is to be closed and have reports out within 10 days, how often do you do that? Uh, that's, mm. that's a good indicator. Um, so most companies, they do have a rough idea. We want to have this done by this date. Right. And then finding out, well, how often does that happen? And when it's not happening, what are the main causes for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. So is there a way to... To, to bring an issue to a business owner's attention, especially like if in a small firm, are, are there signs that an employee can look to? to and I guess you can address that, you know, how long is it taking you to close? Or are you closing them at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does this, is this something that's harder to bring up in a smaller organization where, you, you know, the employees may feel the pain points, but the owner or, you know, someone higher up is not feeling it? Well, I... Th- find it's pretty often that when you work with a small company and you ask the question about the people, Mm -hmm. so say again, we're going to pick on Mary, if she was out sick for two weeks for an unexplained uh, reason, how did the company respond to that? And when you put it in terms of lost time and and lost productivity and the inability to do their day-to-day operations, people understand that. So it's not always something that I can say, okay, how much does it cost for this? It's what happens when a key person is out of your, uh, out of the loop for an unexplained uh, or an unplanned activity. Right. And that lights people up, and they they can understand that. So for most companies, they have some sort of a backup plan, but the idea is making sure that they have one. And if they don't, that's part of looking at okay, what kind of a process can we set up so that 
you have the checks and balances and you got people who are backed up with their outfit, somebody else can fill in the role. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, th and that's important because um, perfect example is, is that uh, my daughter just got married this last weekend and so we were trying to pay some of the invoices for the venue and this one woman was out of pocket. Nobody else could process the payment. Right. It's as simple as you know, that. And, and it's a significant amount of money and I'm yeah. calling and saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm ready to give my credit card to somebody who can take that? And it took three days in order to find someone that could actually process that. So, you know, if you've got a business that's that dependent on a key individual, you need backup processes or, or it's real money that could be costing you for right. sure. So let's talk a little bit about the chamber now. Um, you've been a member of the Hispanic Chamber for how long? Uh, almost a year. I think it'll be a year in September. Okay, very good. So how did you find out about the chamber and, and what convinced you to join? Well, I was at a networking event uh, last year, and I can't remember exactly when, but there was a larger uh, event that had people from all over the place, and yeah. I saw several people wearing the badge that said Hispanic Chamber, and I thought, oh. hmm, I, I got to talk to one of those people. So I walked up to one of the, the booths that found that uh, Julie Peters, who, okay. uh, who is the person that introduced me to the chamber, I asked her some questions, and she was talking about all of the things the chamber had done for her. And right. I talked about, well, you know, I'm trying to do some more networking myself. So it was from that conversation that I got invited to one of the, the lunch meetings and things kind of took off from there. Well, good. So has, has it helped your business since you've been a member? Well, it's helped me to meet other people, uh, especially okay. since I do a lot of work uh, in the Woodlands area. So I've met a lot of people who also do work and knowing the other people and kind of the things they do, it's helped me to, to get more comfortable in, in networking and uh, introducing people to, to what I do because like I mentioned earlier, I market most most times to other professionals, other service providers. Right. So to get to know a lot of people, it's not really been uh, something that has uh, happened just yet. But that's changed once I joined the chamber. Well, very good. And and you took advantage of some of our training, I understand, recently, right? Yes. Friday, there was a training that uh, Dr. Carlos uh, mm -hmm. ran called the 45-second uh, commercial. I know it's got a a uh, longer name than that, but I don't Right, remember. exactly. But it was a, a nice way to focus uh, thinking on, you know, talk about what you do and who you are uh, in a way that your audience grasps it and you've got 45 seconds, you know, your typical elevator speech. That's right, yeah. Uh, and so I hadn't done that in a while and I feel like I've got the techniques down, but I didn't have the message and uh, he's really good at pulling that kind of information out. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that, and again, not to, to talk about the chamber too much, but that's one of the real benefits is that um, we have a lot of that training. In fact, we'll be coming up with more training that small business owners need um, because they don't really have an, another way of getting it, right? Because if it's a small entrepreneur or a small company, you're it, right? You don't have a training department to help you, you know, put together those types of trainings and, and make available you know, a third party's evaluation of how you're doing. And so that's a, a great thing. So we talked about your customers a, a little bit um, and where you're actually finding them. Um, is it more, like you said, word of mouth right Word now? of mouth, yes. So it's been a, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, uh, meetings with people who I know need help in areas of system implementations. Okay. Or it's a, a company that staffs for uh, work similar to what I do on my own. And in working with those relationships and just through LinkedIn was uh, doesn't give me a direct connection, but it's been a way for me to distribute the kind of stuff that I do to a wider audience. Okay. So that's kind of been the, the method is just direct marketing to those type of individuals and companies so, to get my name out there. Okay. Have, um, do you use a, Are you on LinkedIn a lot? Do you use that? Quite a bit? I, I've used it a, a lot. I haven't been very active lately because I've been on a project that's kept me busy. Uh, so my LinkedIn is now just a matter of following the, the feeds. And uh, I've written a few articles that are on my LinkedIn profile you can connect to. And oh, okay. uh, I kind of throw in my thoughts on different areas. So I've been able to do that on LinkedIn and uh, trying to also use Facebook as a, as a platform. Uh, but those are the two two areas, but LinkedIn more so than Facebook. Well, yeah, that's more of a professional. But And, and I think you're doing the right thing. Publishing articles is great because um, you're not so much selling as just, you know, sharing some information. And a lot, it seems like people on LinkedIn appreciate that more. If you're just sharing an article or you're, or you're putting your comments or your thoughts about someone else's article, mm -hmm. that kind of lends you as the expert 
um, and you're not coming off quite so salesy. So that's that's one thing that's very very important. Um, so one of the things that we we talked about before is business processes, right? Um, and that's one of the things that you help companies with. So um, when you're actually looking at processes, you're actually having to cost those things out, right, in order to give a business owner an idea of what they're spending in those processes? Yes. Do you have any problems with them believing your, your costing estimate? Their initial reaction is usually is surprise that right. the process costs them anything because it's usually dealing with resources that are internal, right. staff or equipment, and they don't see it in terms of, well, they see it like, well, we're spending the money anyway and, uh, compared to, what happens if we didn't have to spend that money? Right. So it sometimes is getting over that initial hurdle. But if they see then that there's a benefit, then the costing of it isn't as important or uh, it's not the obstacle. It's detaching from the personal, which is, okay, well, if I take this work away from uh, this one employee, what, what, what are they, they going to do? do? Yeah. And so there's you know the emotion again about, well, what do I do to, to replace that time? Right. Uh, and what I try to point out to people is you're not taking anything away from them. You're going to give them an opportunity to learn something new or to integrate in another aspect of the business where you need the help. Right. And what I find a lot of times, it's the CFO or the controller of the company that usually gets the backlog. So if there's things that aren't getting done, well, it gets pushed down pushed the line. Back. <laughs> and pushed <so> up. <laughs> uh, and the person who winds up with it in its lap is, is the controller who right. is trying to figure out, well, how do I get all this stuff done? Yeah. So it's also a discussion with them to, to let them know you can delegate this piece as long as you delegate the responsibility, not the ultimate authority, uh, but uh, the ability to, to give that work to other people then gives you more time to do other things. Right. So it's, it's a challenge in getting them to see that there's a cost benefit uh, to change things up. It may mean that people are doing different things, but in the end, you know, it grows your company. It grows right. your ability to provide that information to the, the ownership groups. Yeah, absolutely. I know that working for a small company, um, after I, le I left Shell, um, I was trying to talk in, in terms of like kind of the soft dollars, right? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, you're paying this person, but they can be doing more effective or other things. Mm -hmm. And that was the, the hardest thing to, to try to convince the owner of, there's money here you're spending that you could be spending it better somewhere else. And so I didn't know if that was just, you know, a one-off on that one situation I was involved in or if that's more standard when you start talking about business processes. Cause and the, the smaller the company, the more you'll find that. So the yeah. larger the company, I think it's not as uh, big a concern. But the kind of businesses that I've worked with have usually been in, in between. So they're, uh, some have been publicly held, but most of them are, are companies that have revenues of, you know, 50 to 400 million. And so, it, you know, that's in the, the big scheme of things, those aren't big companies. So they're big enough that there's a lot of work, but not so big that they can just go out and staff to, to get those gaps filled in. Right. And they're under, and, and they're managing, you know, staff counts as well. Exactly. And that's, that's a bigger management point than for smaller companies. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. So we've been talking with Rudy Martinez, owner of Controllership Pro Tem. And we come back, we're going to talk about the best turnaround client for Rudy. Stay with us. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's roller derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast-paced, hard-hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday. 
your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the ML Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, The Woodlands, Texas. The ML Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the ML Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the ML Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com slash hcc. The ML Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832-525-5656 or online www.mlagency.com. The ML Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody. I'm the Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask our guest, um, our guest today is Rudy Martinez, please text them to me at 713-906-3710. And just as a reminder, the Chamber now has its own app. So if you don't have the Hispanic Chamber app, all you need to do is text the word TX Gulf Coast to the number 72727, and that will send a link to your phone, and then you can create a shortcut on your phone, and you can access all the members of our chamber and find out where they are, what they do, uh, and actually go to their website. So it's a great way to, to be able to refer or actually look up uh, a company whose services you need and you want to use someone in the chamber, of course. So that's a great thing. If you have any questions, uh, please, like I said, reach out to me, tom at tombury.biz, or you can ask questions of anyone at one of the chamber functions, anyone that has a blue badge, and they'd be more than welcome to, to talk to you about the chamber app. So we were talking to Rudy um, about his best turnaround story or his turnaround client story. So without using company names, tell us the biggest impact you've had for a client. Well, one that comes to mind is a client that I helped with a system implementation. They were switching from uh, software that was a, a kind of a, a low tier in the, the way they were using it was not giving them the results they needed. Okay. So in helping them with the implementation, was able to work with the, their accounting team to help them learn how to integrate what they did with what, what they had available. Uh, so they had some turnover that occurred within a matter of months after they bought the software. So their oh, wow. controller left, which left them in a lurch because they didn't have anybody making those decisions and, and taking that role to do some of the authorizations for some of the transactions. So I kind of stepped in and uh, being that I had a CP, I'm a CPA and I had the background for that type of work, okay. uh, I was able to do some of that work uh, at the same time working with their auditors to make sure we kept the, the proper uh, control so that I wasn't doing anything that really I wasn't supposed to do and right. they didn't have anybody doing anything that they weren't supposed to do. So help them to take their vendors' invoices that were stockpiling. I mean, they would just pile up in stacks because they weren't using a system efficiently before. Got to where they could process up towards two to 300 invoices a week mm. just with two people. Wow. Uh, getting them to the system and getting them uh, coded and uh, sending them through the authorization process. Um, and then at the end, because I was helping them out with the staffing part, was able to fill a certain uh, role within that authorization process. So it kind of touched on all the areas where initially, like uh, I mentioned earlier, going in 
with the accounting systems issue, uh, some of it turns into uh, augmentation, staff augmentation, mm -hmm. and the other aspect of it deals with in the process. And so I was able to streamline some of the things that they did before by uh, using electronic authorizations versus having people come in from their multiple locations to read invoices and sign off on them. So it oh, wow. okay. uh, helped with the integration of a process that let them view things electronically and then digi digitally digitally yeah, hard sign to say. Yeah. their invoices so that they could get uh, processed and checks uh, uh, sent out on a timely basis. Right. So I worked on, on that project altogether about four or five months. But okay. Uh, at the end, I uh, left them with also some training videos. So they had that as a method uh, to be able to go back and look at things because some of the things that I was doing, uh, they felt comfortable that, okay, well, you're cycling off of the project, now we've got somebody who's doing it. And they had uh, documentation to follow. They had uh, videos uh, to watch also in order to keep them going on that process. Right. So are you, are you finding that companies are more accepting of, of like digitally processing invoices and payments and the thing without seeing actual paper? Yes. Uh, the problem is in getting everybody on board. So it's not just the vendor, but it's uh, the, the manager on the job. And right. it has to do with uh, materials and inventory. It's getting the person in the warehouse doing the part that they're supposed to do so that, yes, we can pay for this because we actually receive this. So they want to move towards that because it gives the, the ownership group uh, and the managers a better way of looking at uh, what's going on from day to day and right. know that things are going to happen in the right way. Okay. Well, very good. All right. So I, one of the things you talked about um, is that you're, you're a CPA. Um, and I also noticed, noticed that you would help CPA firms just be more efficient concerning you know, billable hours and cash flow. And I guess that brings to my mind, how can CPA firms themselves suffer from that lack of process control when they're supposed to be helping their clients? with process controls and things like that? Well, having been in public for a long time, I could tell you that sometimes a certain client or a client group can be managed by a single partner uh, or a senior manager over mm -hmm. a, a time frame. And then the person who actually is doing the work just winds up doing what the person before did. And if that client's been around for a long time, maybe it's to the point where, well, do we have to do it this way? So some clients will send in, uh, a PDF document saying, okay, here's my financial reports. And uh, one of the processes then is that person's getting that and they're rekeying the numbers in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, or they're trying to do a, a scan to read that PDF so that it can be imported. Right. When, some, you know, the, the question is, well, why isn't the client giving this, uh, this to us electronically? Right. Uh, and so it takes, you know, creating a, a process when you're picking up a job. Yeah, we've had this client for 20 years, but... Let's, let's ask these questions each year. Is there anything that we can do to streamline this even further? So right. if they got a new bank account, is that bank account something that we can access electronically if we need to? For instance, if the client is just doing the end of your tax return, that's probably not necessary. But if there's audit work involved uh, or monthly bookkeeping involved, can we access that account electronically so we can retrieve what we need? Right. Of course, it requires that the client has to authorize all of that. And there's ways now that it's pretty simple uh, to give uh, your CPA access to your accounting records and your banking records and limit them to just viewing versus uh, running transactions. Mm -hmm. But to answer the, the initial question, that's the way things kind of get out of skew is that you just get comfortable just doing the same thing from year to year. Right. And technologies change from one year to the other, even if it's the same uh, service provider, that they might have changed something in the way they retrieve their trial balances that makes it easier for the, the firm to use it to not only just do financial statements, but to prepare their tax return and also integrate it with invoices that go out to the clients. So uh, if it improves cash flow, it's by the way that the work gets done. If it gets done more efficiently, then it turns around quicker. And, you know, if you do that enough times with enough of the, your client base, it the result could, could be really phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, one of the things I also understand is just in the staff augmentation aspect. I got a question on that. Um, it, whenever whenever a company is implementing a new process, um, is that when they really have to, to bring in additional staff because they've got to keep their keep their business going as well as any kind of conversion of records or anything is in, into the new process? Is that when that mainly happens, or is it? 
company growth and they just need need some help getting some things done. Right. There's a variety of reasons that would create the need for bringing in staff. So if there's a special project mm-hmm. coming up, so going through a merger, so I've, the company I'm with now, they experience that. Okay. And they have consultants that come in and just do work associated with the merger because the people who already work there, they're busy. Right. They have other things to do to keep the, the day-to-day okay. operations working. Uh, for other companies, if they're going through an implementation and it's a matter of translating data from their old format to the new format, well, the people who are there, they don't really need to be involved in that because that's just a, a one-off. There's no need for them right. to learn how to do that because it may not, it's likely won't happen again. Yeah. So it, it depends on the, the, the client, the type of work that they do. But the question should always be is when you look at the people who are on your team uh, and you look at the work that you have to do for any time uh, period, the cycle of a quarter or of a month or a year, uh, you know, just use a scale. You know, you can kind of imagine, do I have enough people to go with the amount of work that we have? And uh, sometimes it takes a lot of questions uh, to ask yourself and uh, of your team, but it's worth the effort. Yeah. Do you find that the, the companies actually know the right questions to ask, or is that where you, you, your services come in as an objective kind of outsider with, with a fresh set of eyes that you know the questions that they may not think to ask because they think they, they're familiar with everything? I, I think that that's a plus for a company is to be able to go to somebody that's outside of them to, to know what those questions are right? because their question is going to be tied more to what they do all of the time, which may or may not be a part of the, the issue that's causing things to not work right. Right. So using an independent evaluator to, to come in and assess where they stand in a variety of areas uh, can be very useful for a company. Very good. Okay. Um, one of the things that we talked about a little bit before is that, um, and it has to do with like networking and referrals and, and that you said that you're, you're talking to people, um, they've asked you questions and kind of give, you know, almost kind of free advice. And then that comes back and they remember your name and they said, you know what, Rudy helped me with something else. And so that, and, th- and that can actually relate to assignments, right? Or actually someone suggesting you for a job. Yes, I've had that experience where it's not just talking to someone with the idea that, okay, this is going to give me an immediate result. Right. It's more the idea that, okay, I've been around and I've done a lot of different things and I'm more than happy to, to share my insight on different aspects um, knowing that you may or may not need my help, but to me, it's a matter of serving others. You know, that's one of the things that I thought of right off the bat when I started my company is I wanted people to see that I'm here to serve others. Okay. And in doing that, sometimes it's letting people know, well, let me give you my input and my thoughts on this issue. Uh, and also encouraging people that I know that are tied to some sort of accounting or a business that needs help in that area. Feel free to ask me your questions about a, something that your company might be having problems with or uh, a new resource that you guys are looking at that you need some direction on. And I'm not necessarily going to solve the problem for you, but it helps sometimes to just talk talk it out. Kind of like with a, a, life coach, a life coach or a business coach, you use those kind of uh, resources to just get things straight in your head as to, to what things are needed in order to, to move to the next level. Right, absolutely. Okay, well, very good. Um, we've been talking with Rudy Martinez, owner of Controllership Pro Tem. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Rudy about some of his favorite clients. Stay with us. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture. Learning about how food is grown and produced and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families, Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. 
The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the Amel Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, The Woodlands, Texas. The Amel Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the Amel Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the Amel Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com slash hcc. The Amel Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832-525-5656 or online www.amelagency.com. The Amel Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody, and I'm Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask our guest, Rudy Martinez, please text them to me at 713-906-3710. So when we went to break, um, we said that we're going to have Rudy talk about some of his favorite clients. And we're not going to name names, of course, but we're just talking about the type of clients that he's helped that uh, he, he felt that he was most beneficial with. Well, I would say that my favorites are the ones that know that it's a shared relationship, that the results are really dependent on two people working together right. to come up with an answer. Like you and the client, right? Exactly. Yeah. Where the opposite of that is somebody looks to me and says, okay, fix this. Wave your and, magic wand. Yeah. And is not willing to accept that, no, it means that you need to actually do something as well. So for the clients that let me come in and work that way where it requires a lot of discussions, mm -hmm. uh, but in the end, it's a, it's a shared responsibility. So, you know, both of us have uh, uh, an investment in, in the, the process and in the project, and uh, they're open also to new ideas uh, that they've seen before for their own business and maybe even in their personal life if we connect uh, that way that uh, we know that there's a way to help each other out and not have it be an adversarial relationship. So um, finding a lot of times that that adversarial relationship mentality exists even in the, in the workplace where you come in as a consultant and uh, there's a lot on your shoulders to, to fix things, um, that's not a good way to start. And I'd like to move things more along towards let's work together to get to a place where you're getting answers to, that you need. Right. So when you're working with bigger, and, and I've had some personal exposure to this when I was working at Shell, they loved bringing in consultants. And the consultants would come in and, and, you know, their findings were stuff that we as employees were talking to management about all the time, mm -hmm. right? Um, do you ever find that where there's kind of a, a not adversarial relationship between the, the, the employees and, and the consultants? But in some ways there is. To a certain extent, I, okay. I felt that you're working alongside people who have been there a long time. So they're definitely more invested than I am. And... They may or may not have had uh, discussions with their managers about how to address certain problems. So seeing people come in and just kind of jump in the front of the line on dealing with something that they've been trying to help with. Right. So I, I tried as much as possible to include them in the discussion, even if they're not even involved in, in my role there on site, is to just let them know. I said, you know, I'll listen to whatever you have to say if, if you have input on this. But mm -hmm. It, it can get uh, kind of tense when you're working with a, an existing team. But the idea, from my perspective, is just to let them know that I'm not here to score points off of something you guys are doing. Right. You know, my, my goal is not to come in here and say, well, your staff, if they would have done this, it would have worked better. It's more like promoting what they've done and showing that they've developed something now that will let you get to this next level and let them shine. Oh, you know, that's a great it, way. Yeah. It really isn't do me any good to walk out of there uh, with, with that in my plate because, yeah. you know, I, I can't use it. I'm going to be gone eventually. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's and too, that it kind of empowers them and opens them, I would think it opens them up to be able to be more forthcoming and, and helping you. Exactly. Right, so they, they don't see you as the enemy because that, that was one thing we noticed is that we would tell management one thing and once they brought in high-priced consultants, 
the consultants did the same thing, and then all of a sudden now it's implemented. We're going, we've been talking about this for years. So. Right. Anyway, so what the type of companies you're looking for, what's the best referral um, that if somebody can see some things and, and they know, know you now and, and how to contact you, what kind of companies are you looking for that, to be able to help? Well, as far as industry goes, I've worked with a wide variety of industries. Okay. So I'm not industry specific. My work dealing with the, the accounting function, which is really typical. I mean, accounting uh, is a piece of any business is important. So right. uh, I feel like the companies that have a, a CFO or controller, uh, either as the same person or two individuals, usually that means that they have a, a the kind of an infrastructure that needs some help. Uh, and you'll find, or I've found sometimes when the controller is talking about how they've worked the past four weekends or they're working 60 hours a week and it's been okay. like that for months, uh, it's more the the organization and, and uh, where they're at. If uh, a company is at a place where uh, you've got the CFO or controller approaching burnout, uh, I feel like that's a good place to, uh, I would be a good person to use as a resource. Maybe not necessarily to get the work done, but at least to start the process that they can start looking for solutions that, that'll get them over the hump. Okay, well, very good. So again, tell us the best way to, to contact you. So my email address is rudy at cprotem.com, and cprotem is uh, just how it sounds, C with the letter C, not S-E-A. Uh, and my phone number is 832-794-9633. Okay, and you have a website? Yes, and so the website is similar to the email. It's cprotem.com, cprotem.com. Okay, well, very good. Well, Rudy, I appreciate the time today. Um, like I said, anyone that's listening to this program, if you're a member of the, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and you have not been on this radio program, Rudy can tell you now this was very easy. It's a way to, to get your message out uh, and to learn a little bit more about your company. So if you haven't been on the, the radio yet, please send me an email at tom at tombrody.biz and we will get you scheduled. So until next week, this is the Hispanic Chamber Connection. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about the show, to be a guest, or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.